Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 232. John and Wendy talk to Bonnie Natko. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you doing tonight, John? Wendy, I am well, and we are well into August. Once again, we are excited to be sponsored by our friends over at Namely. Thank you, Namely. Yeah, love, love always working with them. So thank you. Huge shout out. Be sure you're checking them out. Be sure to check out Namely.com slash HR Social Hour again. Vanity tag. We're so fancy. (laughs) If you sign up, you get the first month free. Great opportunity there. Speaking of opportunities, Wendy. One of the most fascinating things that's happened doing this show is seeing people make changes, not just professionally, personally, all things have gone on. And I'd say you've had a very interesting, I think we've both had interesting journeys. I think yours is more interesting professionally (laughs) because you have made some moves over time. I have, yeah. I think you may be ready to announce the next thing. I am. I am leaving the practitioner world and I will be joining Mineral as an HR content writer. I am super pumped to be working with Kyle Cup. He is going to be my boss, which is weird to think about, but I'm super excited to work with them, start creating content beyond the world of talent acquisition. Now, I've told everyone, I still am a TA girl at heart. If I go back to the practitioner world... I'm going to guess it's going to be as a in talent acquisition, recruitment, something of, of that sort. But I'm excited to be able to step away. As our friend Vadim says, not work, just write about working. <laughs> Let me be the first one to say congratulations. Thank you. I'm super excited for you. Kyle's a great dude. I, I think yeah. it's going to be a lot of fun to be yeah. able to work with and for him. And I'm excited because I know how passionate you are about writing and the opportunity to do it, to just do that, I, yeah. I know is appealing. I also know, though, that when you, I shouldn't say when, <laughs> if you ever return to the trenches, yeah. it's going into benefits. Don't lie to <laughs> us. You're going to do benefits. No, payroll. Payroll, oh, payroll and even benefits. Better. You're yes. going to go into payroll. I'm going to go straight into payroll, process those checks. Yes. You're going to start me. another <laughs> podcast all about that wonderful world. Because I know that's I know that's where your heart lies, Wendy. Writing checks, I just yeah, love that so much. You know, it, it's going to be really interesting to be able to write about all areas of HR. You know, being able to talk with the network that we have, the community that we have about some of these different topics, and and share that with the clients of Mineral and and the greater folks with um, outside of Mineral because they a lot of their stuff is um, out there and available for them. For everyone's information, the day this comes out is my last day at Sanford. Um, so I will be schlepping everything down to Sioux Falls, having lunch with my coworkers, taking a few days before starting officially at Mineral. I'm really excited. I have received such a warm welcome from everyone so far, and I haven't even officially started yet. So I'm getting notices and emails and LinkedIn requests, and I am super excited to join that team. Awesome. Congratulations again. And hey, just for the record, those of you that are in benefits and payroll, we are not dogging you. <laughs> no. we know, you, you know that we love you very yes. much because you're willing to do that work that Wendy and I are not that necessarily fans of. That is hard, hard work. I admire anyone who chooses that for their profession. I really do because, yeah, I two things I don't ever want to mess with is somebody's pay or their benefits. Mm-mm. Absolutely. I think this conversation today is very appropriate when it comes to talent acquisition, recruiting. It was funny. We've known Bonnie a really long we time yep. and we kind of lost touch and now we're back together. So excited that we finally got her here on the podcast. This is her 
first opportunity to do that. As we told her before we started, we always appreciate having new people come on that go on to bigger and better things in the podcasting world after Enough about that. Let's make the introduction and get started. <laughs> We're going to dive right in. So Bonnie is a recruiting lead at Capital One and has about 20 years of experience in creative and design recruiting. Originally from New York City, she's left the hustle and bustle of city life and is currently in the beautiful Hudson Valley region of New York, where she lives with her fiance, Dave, and their two adorable, ridiculous cats, Queso and Catherine. She is an avid bullet journaler, lover of all things vintage and crafty, and also reads tarot cards. So we may need to throw that in later. <laughs> Just reading some cards just to kind of see what to expect. But uh, first question, Bonnie, what is in your glass? I am sipping chamomile tea because I was talking all day. So I needed a little bit of some soothing, soothing vibes. I think that is the first chamomile tea we've had Uh at least this year. I think so. We're getting a lot of water because it is warm in many places where Uh where we're recording from. Kombucha, but chamomile. I I don't think we've gotten chamomile. I don't think so. I know I don't because that puts me to sleep. So I have to wait (laughs) on the chamomile. A little bit of honey because Mm. I need, like, my throat was just, like, getting scratchy. Oh, yeah. We are glad to have you at your peak vocal form tonight, Bonnie. And again, it's it's tremendous to be able to connect finally. And first question we always ask beyond what's in your glass, how in the world did you get your start in human resources and talent acquisition? Ooh, that is a long journey. I I would say actually my very first experience doing anything human resources related was probably in college. I was a peer advisor, um, which was called student personnel. What we did, a lot of what we did was speak to, to students who were trying to decide their major. So it was almost like recruiting because you're helping and giving <laughs> career advice yeah. to some degree. I also worked in the Office of Retention Services, which was kind of cool. We kind of asked people how, you know, would you, you know, why might you not be re-enrolling? So when the time came, when I graduated college, I didn't go into recruiting right away, but I told the recruiter at the staffing agency I want to, I would love to do what you do. And she said, you don't want to do what I do, honey. (laughs) (laughs) She actually said it in in the thickest New York accent ever. And I was just like, no, really? She's like, nah, you don't want to do it. But a few years later, after doing marketing and sales um, for for a couple of years, I landed an opportunity at a creative staffing agency, worked at a few different creative, both large and boutique staffing agencies in New York City, and then went in-house. And the rest is kind of history. But I've always been intentional about creative and design recruiting and working like in that specialty. So I've been I think it's worked out in my favor. (laughs) Yes. For sure. For sure. Let's dive into TA since we all do that. We all love it. We all know. I mean, you've been in as long as John and I have. We're we're sitting here with lots of TA experience um, on this podcast Mm -hmm. and been through a few recessions. And we... I'm sure you agree. This is nothing like any any other pastime. So what are some of the things that you've seen that have changed when it comes to recruitment in the past few years? How has recruitment changed for you? I think one of the biggest changes that I've noticed has been that we're really seen of as true business partners now. I think a few years ago, there was more of a client-vendor almost relationship, I would say. Oh, that's a good way to put it. We are the hiring manager and you deliver us candidates. And I think now there's so much more strategic oversight, a lot of planning involved, a lot of partnership, a lot of 
consultative work. And that's the thing that I think is truly exciting. But with that comes varying degrees of complexity that we didn't have all those years ago, sourcing candidate engagement, also really focusing on experiences. I don't think five years ago, anybody said candidate experience, recruiter (laughs) experience, hiring manager experience, like the experience piece of the puzzle was just not really there. Mm -hmm. Um, So now like we're really focusing on all these experiences, but I think the role is getting too big to be truly full desk right now in a lot of places. I I can see that. I really like how you put that, that it was more like a vendor client relationship in the past as opposed to that true partnership. I, I, that's, I've never heard anyone say that, but it's just like, yeah, that's it. That's it. Bonnie, I, I don't think I've really talked to a lot of people that focus on that creative and marketing space necessarily. I don't think we've had anybody on the show that that's kind of their area of expertise, much less to have done it for as long as you have. Can you talk about maybe some of the specific challenges, pandemic out of the picture? What are some of the challenges that are there that are unique or what may be different than some of your peers that are hiring for other types of skills? I think with creative roles and UX roles and all that, it's really getting into that lens to that eye of your stakeholder. So there are different flavors of designers. It's not just a one-size-fits-all approach. In branding, for example, I have three creative director roles open right now. One of them is multi-channel. Another is focused on brand and identity standards. Another is focused on social media content. So really, you have to understand what the differences are and being able to look at a uh, at a portfolio with that very discerning eye. Same with UX designers. The whole UX field has you now have product designers and service designers, and having that knowledge and understanding what you're looking for is a skill. It's almost like being a tech recruiter, but on the other side of the brain, so to speak. <laughs> and also sure, really sure. being able to look at a portfolio with an objective lens versus a subjective lens. And I think that takes a long time to develop. I don't think that you could say like, I don't like that person's design, or you could say like, okay, that person's design is very corporate leaning. They might be good for that team and really kind of understanding the science between it, it. It does take a long time to develop that. As people are gaining those skills to be able to do those types of things, what do you think's the next big thing? either for your particular area of expertise or TA in general, what do you think is coming over the next many months to a year that we should be focused on? I think a lot of companies are starting to really look at career pathing. Like that's a big thing right now and really looking at um, how to progress careers and not have anybody hit any ceilings. So I think career development is a huge trend because that's the number one question I get from candidates. Like where the opportunity is, like how will I grow and develop and all of that stuff. People want that investment made in them. The other thing that I see is the next big trend too is alumni networks at companies because retention is becoming the thing. Great resignation really made people take that magnifying glass and go, oh, we really have to focus on retention here, which is why I think like the career development is becoming a big thing. And also engaging with boomerangs and engaging with folks that were really top talent that you might want to bring back into the house. Um, So those are the trends that I'm starting to see for sure. 
So as we see, you know, TA moving into more of that business partner role, getting getting in line with that and working closer with those hiring managers, what advice do you have for new hiring leaders, people who are making those decisions on how to make those decisions, how to think about what they're looking at a little bit differently than, hmm, I like the sweater that she was wearing. I think they have to stop with the FOMO because right now we're having a lot of fear of missing out on candidates. I hear almost every candidate going like, I have another offer on the table. If you don't move, and I could see that the hiring manager's like, oh my God, we got to act fast. And I'm like, hey, whoa, slow your roll. You don't necessarily have to pick that person. Like be find the best fit for your role. Don't go all the way on that first date. Like we don't need to rush <laughs> process just because someone's saying that um, they have another opportunity because there's so much great talent out there. So are they the one after one conversation and then after like trying to rush and get them to a final interview right away? I always try to consult with my hiring managers. Hey, we need to like make the best informed decision and you know really make sure that you're doing the right thing. Don't let those nice shiny objects distract you. What do you do with the hiring managers who have the the opposite FOMO um, experience in that I oh. want there's someone else out there. Can I see who else is out there? Because we have I mean I've seen both sides. We've all seen both sides oh, of yeah. that extreme where well I'm just comparing against these two candidates, neither one is great. Well, I have a really good candidate, but there's there's a lot of people looking for work right now. The so. next superstar is out there. The next rock star, ninja rock star, purple unicorn squirrel um, that I need to find. <laughs> so, how do you how do you help them balance between those two? Well, I think with with that situation, like I usually give them the data. Okay, let's look at how long this role has been open because I've had this with a lot of hiring managers who are like, ah, I'm still waiting for my prince to arrive. You right. know, it's like mm-hmm. they're for, or princess or whoever to arrive. And I'm like, you're, you know what? Like this role is, I presented, I, I just bring them the data. This is how many people we've screened. This is how many people you've spoken to. This is how many people made it to the final stage. Does this person even exist? And, you know, <laughs> we, we, I try to give them the reality check and saying like, hey, let's make an informed decision here. Sometimes I'll even do the whole like, I guess, like since this role has been open, like four or five months, like not that it's ever open that long, but I'm guessing that hiring right now is not your top priority. Sometimes saying that they're like, oh, (laughs) like, because I have other recs to work on. If you're going to be dragging your, like, I kind of sometimes do that because I think that just gives them the, oh, I really should be making an informed decision right now. And wow, I really shouldn't be dragging my feet through the mud. And I also do work with my operations partners and let them know, like, hey, like, this role is dragging through the mud and it's because of the hiring manager. Their time to, our, my time to fill is going to stink. Sometimes it's not a surprise to the business, lo and behold. They, so. they, they know. They know. They know. Bonnie, we mentioned a little earlier that we first connected a while back through the chats, and then we lost touch, and then we were really pleased to see you back, mm-hmm. I think, with our fifth anniversary chat yes. a while back. How did you get reconnected? What brought you back? How all that came about? I have this weird thing with Twitter where I, I'm tweeting that I'm not tweeting, that I'm tweeting, that I'm not tweeting, I'm active and I'm inactive. I didn't know because I was a part of On the Mic, the OTM 
um, mm. chat that was on Fridays. And I always had it in my schedule that was Fridays in the afternoon, lunchtime, set that in my calendar. But I, I didn't realize, like I did a Google search where I Twitter search and looked and tried to find where the Twitter, you know, the Twitter chats were. And then lo and behold, I finally found when the Twitter chats were because I totally lost track because of my, um, you know, I kind of, la- I keep going back and forth with Twitter, but I really miss the community. That's, that's really what brought me back. I wanted to get more engaged with people outside my bubble at my current position or my bubble of folks that I already know. Like I want to get back and expand and engage. So that's where I'm at. We're glad you did. And boy, OMC chat, I have not thought about them in forever. Wow, yeah, that's been a while. (laughs) That was appointment attending for me too, Mm -hmm. because I loved the rapid fire part of that chat and being snarky. That was 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 so much fun. We're really proud of the fact that we've kept this thing going as long as we have. It, It came out of next chat, OMC chat, T chat yeah. and all, you know, work trends and, and all these all things that chats. were out there. Of course, work trends yeah. are still there, but yeah, all these other chats, you know, we always try to tell people it's, there is, there's such community because you used to do T chat too, right? At some point, did you ever do T chats on Wednesday? Yes, I did. I, I try, I did the whole like smorgasbord. Of- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's crazy is I spoke at a conference, a podcast conference a couple years ago about Twitter chats. And Brian Fanzo was there. And I don't know if you remember Brian Fanzo, but Brian was a mainstay in T-Chat. And he's now a speaker and does – he's not an HR person. He does all kinds of media stuff, creates content for big employers. It was so funny because I had not seen Brian or talked to Brian in years. He came to my session, and he said something to me after it was over. I was like, holy crap, like that Brian Fanzo. I'm glad you're back. I'm glad that you found us. It's fun to remember just how – lively those communities were and how and how much we did learn from them and the connections we made they really they really were a lot of fun and the gifts yeah and the gifts yes you know john we might need to do a a, a rapid fire omc feel feel of chat <laughs> tom bolt still around i mean you know yeah. um who else that was tom and oh, I i'd have to look i'd have to look was but... involved with them we had to reach out to Tom and ask if we if he'd be okay with us doing it because yeah. that really was a lot of fun. The, the rapid when they, when yeah. we used to do those rapid fire. The rapid fire snark was so much fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think we might need to. That might be something we need to oh, yeah. revisit. <laughs> The snark was, that was always so much fun. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. All right. One of the things, Bonnie, that we have been doing is outsourcing some of our work because we're all busy. We know that. Previous guest, Matt Stolick asks, when traveling alone, when do you give up your seat or agree to change seats on an airplane? I usually give up my seat when I, I sometimes see parties that are, they got another seat in another row or in the next aisle. So I'm like, you're together. I'll, I'll give up my seat. Yeah, I, I don't want to separate a, a party, you know? <laughs> they should be sitting next to each other or a family or, or something clearly like that or somebody that looks like they're in the... I, I, I'm usually good about like, I really want a window seat. Okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Would you ever give up your chosen seat for a middle seat? Oh, well, that's a whole other story. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> See, Matt was on to something when he asked that question. Yeah, because, I mean, it is, you know, if you're given an aisle for an aisle or a window for a window, that's one thing. It's another if it's, you know, an aisle for a middle. (laughs) But if you are together 
if, if there's a, there, there are people together, somebody's obviously like either window and I, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, <laughs> anyway. Ooh, that was tough. That, that, that's a hard one. I, and I don't normally ask additional questions, but that was the one I was like, ooh. Yeah, if she doesn't bring up middle seat, I might have to just kind of dig on that one a little bit. <laughs> we're going to let you mull that for a bit. And we're going to take a break and be right back. This episode of the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast is brought to you by Namely. We all do our best to keep ahead of business trends, but keeping ahead can be its own full-time job. With everyone wearing multiple hats, it's easy to fall behind. That's why you need to make the switch to Namely, the all-in-one HR solution that adapts with your business. Namely helps you and your team with all aspects of HR, from onboarding and performance management to payroll and intuitive benefits enrollment. Whether you have 50 or 1,000 employees, all in one connected and modern platform. Plus, Namely is customizable for your company, culture, and goals, so they can match where you are now and adapt as you grow. Grow with Namely. Learn more about making the switch today by going to namely.com slash hrsocialhour. For a limited time, get one month free when you make the switch to Namely. That's namely.com slash hrsocialhour. Thanks again to Namely for sponsoring the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. Now... Back to the show. And we are back. Bonnie, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, the half-hour question connection. We know not many people dream of being in HR when they're children. So what career did you dream of having when you were a child? I wanted to be a teacher. (laughs) Oh. So much so. Yeah, so much so that I used to ask my mom to take me to the teacher supply store and get Delaney books and lessons. (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) yeah who's one person you've gained your network in the last year that you think more people should know well i've been speaking with shannon tech recruiter at data underscore recruiter a bit lately she's awesome um i think also sean page i've been speaking to quite a bit too those two two folks are just awesome people Tommy, if you could go back to the start of your career, what's one piece of advice you would give yourself based on what you know now? Have more confidence. I think like having confidence. If you asked me a couple of years ago, if I'd want to be in a people leadership position, I would have been like, no, I don't want that. I am an individual contributor. And I just didn't have the confidence to do that. And even at the beginning of the career, my career, I was like, I always just was like, I have a job. I like what I do. I love getting people the right opportunities. I'm chill. But like having more confidence to grow, I think is the one thing that I wish I could have told my younger self, but now I'm here. So yay. How do you enjoy giving back to the TA community or even your community at large? One thing that I've done with work is um, we're part of Europe. So Europe is really awesome where we do volunteer opportunities, a lot of uh, mock interviews and all sorts of things like that. And I'm hoping this year that I could get a little more involved with my local community uh, in terms of um, with some educational partnerships and like working with trying to advance career opportunities and, and kind of teaching people about teaching kids and people about different opportunities. I would also like to work with career changers because I think that's a population of folks that truly need to be elevated too. What is your favorite movie? Oh, that's a tough question because me and my ADHD brain, like I have a different favorite every 
week or for every <laughs> mood. But this week, my favorite movie this week is Xanadu because I'm thinking of Olivia Newton-John. I would like to be in a roller disco fantasy land right now. That That's pretty awesome. And it's, it's a terrible movie, but it's so terribly awesome. So I love that movie. Yes. How about your favorite or the most memorable live performance you've ever attended? That's also a tough question, but I'm going to have to say favorite in recent memory. I think when I went to Lincoln Center to see Danny Elfman perform the scores to the Tim Burton Tim scores. That was amazing. And he did the whole, he actually did the the Jack Skellington too. Did he sing? Yes, he did sing. Oh, wow. Wow. And it was at Lincoln Center. And that was just. That was just an incredible, incredible experience. That would be. All right, Bonnie, if you could be on any TV show, either as yourself or as a character, what would it be? (laughs) I thought about this. Um, I've been thinking, like, ooh, I would be Rhoda. Oh. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yes. I, I used to love Mary Tyler Moore and Rhoda growing up as a kid. And I always loved the sass and the chutzpah of of Rhoda and like the whole New York this is your last chance like I just loved seeing someone on TV that was creative and sassy and smart and for the most part independent like that was just yeah I love Rhoda recently it was announced that it's going to be Bonnie Natco Day all around the world what are we going to do to celebrate I think on a Bonnie Natco Day I think everyone should tap into their inner, their creativity. Like, I think everybody has it within them. Everyone can create something. Everyone is an inner artist or an inner child or something that is just have the power to do something that you truly enjoy. I think a lot of people say like, I'm not creative, but you might cook something. You might build something that's creative. And I think the more creativity that we have in the world um, and the more people tap into that energy as an outlet the better the world would be, in my opinion. Finally, Bonnie, as we've said, we are outsourcing. So if you could ask the next guest of the podcast any question, what would it be? Well, the weather is insanely hot right now. We're in a heat wave. So I'm thinking of an ice cream social. And I'm thinking if you're going to an ice cream social and you could get the get a sundae, <laughs> what flavor would your sundae be and what toppings would you get? Did she pay you to, to ask that question? <laughs> no. I smell a fix. I think there's a fix. All right. No. We're not asking anyone to buy my ice cream. We're just asking what kind of ice cream. Exactly. What would you get for Toppy? It is now in the book. We will make clear that Wendy did not influence that question, Bonnie, when, when, we, when we asked it. Again, I am so happy that we were finally to make this happen. Like I said, it felt like we've known you forever and then we lost touch and here we are. We've reconnected. We've gotten to talk recruiting ice cream and Xanadu. <laughs> Don't think I'd ever picture Xanadu or Rhoda being mentioned here. So yeah, that's what we love definitely. about this show and we love about having guests because we <laughs> never know what's coming up next. I know a lot of our listeners are probably already connected with you, but if they're not, they're going to want to now. Best way for them to get in touch with you out there. At Bond did what on the Twitter? <laughs> I think like that's just the uh, that's where I am. Ex- um, that's where I am. At Bond did what on the gram on the twits? That's where I am. 
on the twits. That is a first for us too. I don't think anybody's ever called. I like twits. it. I like it. I like it. I like it. See, you're creative. You're a trendsetter. You're, we're going to all be saying on twits now. Okay. I'm going to have it in the show notes. And then Wendy, how about you? Best way for listeners to find you out there. Best way as always is on my blog, myjailyjourney.com. And of course, you will always find me the second and fourth Sunday of each month, 7 p.m. Eastern time on Twitter, participating in our twice monthly Twitter chat. How about you, John? Once again, thanks to Namely for sponsoring this episode. Visit them at namely.com slash HR social hour to learn more and get that first month free when you make the switch. As for me, johntherman.com for all things John Thurman and for the show, HR social hour podcast.podbean.com. Listen, rate, review, share, and follow whatever platform you're on and you're listening to. If you follow, subscribe, whatever the term they're using, you'll get that new episode each and every week. International listeners, if you're recruiting, especially creatives or on the twits or (laughs) talking about ice cream, anything and everything that you are talking about or want to talk about, we would love to talk about it with you. It's easier for you to get in touch with us, though, than get in touch with you. So reach out and let's start that conversation and have you on board. Bonnie, again, appreciate you being with us. And so for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect. Give back and network. network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. 